0: Good morning. The Lord's blessings to all of you this day. So thankful to have you in word and worship to receive both the word of God and the sacrament. What a blessing it is uh, that we have been given these wonderful things. And uh, I don't think it's ever happened to me ever uh, in my 12 years of ministry. And I don't know if it's ever happened to any of you, but we've had a baptism now three weeks in a row. Uh, that is amazing, and I am just so thankful that the Lord provides, uh, even in these gray and latter days, uh, good things happen all the time. Why don't we begin our time together then with a word of prayer and Thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings you bestow upon us, especially that you are here amongst us in word and in sacrament, that you have promised to be with us, to forgive us, to give eternal life, and to provide for all of our needs. We are so thankful for the many things that you bestow upon us. And we, as, beggy, uh, uh, as needy beggars, come to you yet again and ask that you would feed us, This time with your word and your sacrament that you might give us hope and life, forgiveness and salvation. We pray all this in Christ's name. His will be done in our lives daily. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved, Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in the last chapter of Mark our Lord promises whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and the Apostle Peter has written baptism now saves you the Word of God also teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and are under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own we will be lost forever unless delivered from sin death and everlasting condemnation but the father of all mercy and grace has sent his son Jesus Christ who atoned for the sin of the whole world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life how are you named? Noah, Alan, Roger, Leonhardt, receive the sign of the Holy Cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by christ the crucified let us pray almighty and eternal god according to your strict judgment you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood yet according to your great mercy you preserved believing noah and his family eight souls and all you drowned hard-hearted pharaoh and all his host in the red sea yet led your people israel through the water on dry ground foreshadowing this washing of your holy baptism Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. We pray that you would behold Noah according to your boundless mercy and bless him with true faith by the Holy Spirit, that through this saving flood all sin in him, which has been inherited from Adam, and which he himself has committed since, would be drowned and die. Grant that he be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers, and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope, so that with all the believers in your promise, he will be declared worthy of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. From ancient times, the Church has observed the custom of appointing sponsors for baptismal candidates and catechumens. In the Evangelical Lutheran Church, sponsors are to confess the faith expressed in the Apostles' Creed and taught in the small catechism. They are, whenever possible, to witness the baptism of those they sponsor. They are to pray for them, support them in their ongoing instruction, and nurture in the Christian faith and encourage them toward faithful reception of the Lord's Supper. They are at all times to be examples to them of the holy life of faith in Christ and love for the neighbor. Is it your intention to serve Noah as sponsors in the Christian faith? God, enable you both to will and to do this faithful and loving work, and with his grace fulfill what we are unable to do. Amen. Hear the gospel according to St. Mark. They brought young children to Jesus that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord preserve your coming in and your going out from this time forth, and even forevermore. Amen. At this time, Noah's sponsors, his parents, and all of us are going to give answer. For what he would say if he had the ability to say it. Now we know that Noah has faith because God, ultimately, the Holy Spirit, is the one who gives faith, and even a child can receive faith from the Holy Spirit. But today we give answer for him. Noah, do you renounce the devil? Yes. I do you renounce all his works? Yes. I do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes, I believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried? He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father, Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? Yes, I do. Noah, do you desire to be baptized? Yes, I do. Noah, Alan, Roger, Leonhardt, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all your sins, you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Receive this white garment to show that you've been clothed with Christ's righteousness. <clears throat> that covers all your sin, so shall you stand without fear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Receive this burning light to show that you have received Christ, who is the light of the world, live always in the light of Christ, and be ever watchful for his coming, that you may meet him with joy and enter with him into the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which shall have no end. In holy baptism, God the Father has made you a member of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir with us of all the treasures of heaven in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. We receive you in Jesus' name as our brother in Christ, that together we might hear his word, receive his gifts, and proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we thank and praise you that you graciously preserve and enlarge your family, and have granted Noah the new birth and holy baptism, and made him a member of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir of your heavenly kingdom. We humbly implore you that as he has now become your child, you would keep him in his baptismal grace, that according to your good pleasure he may faithfully grow to lead a godly life to the praise and honor of your holy name, and finally with all your saints obtain the promised inheritance in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our lesson today is taken from Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, they do not... Know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. This is the word of the Lord. Our, uh, I want to give a little background on our next picture here. Um, this is a Cezanne, which is a French uh, impressionistic painter. Uh, uh, so as you know, it's fruit of the spirit. I just figured, uh, it just came to me. I couldn't think of any good picture for fruit of the spirit, and I thought, oh, artists paint bowls of fruit all the time. I could just put a bowl of fruit painting up there, and then I found the one I liked the best, which is from Cezanne. He's one of my favorite artists. So... Uh, You've been uh, not only fed God's word, but also cultured today. You got to look at a Cezanne painting. (laughs) But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, "Were are not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then, and he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. When you become a parent or grow up, you realize how much your parents did for you on a regular basis that you either didn't know or you ignored. Uh, When you go out into the world for a bit, you pay your own rent, you pay your own utilities, you buy your own food, you realize this. And inevitably, that first Thanksgiving home or Christmas vacation home, you're given a new perspective and a new thankfulness for your parents. Children or responsibilities later on in life also leave us with questions. What do we do with a child who has colic? What kind of mortgage is best? How much insurance should I have? When should the baby begin to eat solid food? Surely all these things can be found on the internet. But who do you trust more? Your parents or the internet? Moments like these for our relationship with God are harder to come by. Perhaps it has to do with God being only visible in word and sacrament in our lives. Perhaps it has to do with our own egos and our unwillingness to see his handiwork. It is this thought that underscores our text for today. Why does only one return to give credit to whom credit is due? Already the leaders of the Sanhedrin and the scribes have accused Jesus Uh, that he has healing powers, but only by the gift of Beelzebub, the prince of demons. They've also accused him of being a sinner for many and various reasons. So there's a lot of things floating out there about Christ among the Jews that's very negative. The Jews, even these lepers, perhaps have this thought in mind. And yet Jesus is still an oddity. He can still do powerful things, and when you're in a bad situation, he's the person to approach. Herod wished to see a miracle right before Jesus was crucified, but Jesus wouldn't grant that request, even though it might have saved him. In our story, Jesus directs them to turn and go show themselves to the priests in the temple. This is actually, this happens a lot. You know, God kind of, he he does miracles in faith, right? He tells Moses, go and do these things. And Moses says, well, how will I know that all these things are going to happen? And God says, well, when you return here and you stand in front of me, you'll know that I made all these things happen. I mean, this is kind of how God works. So Jesus kind of does something similar. He tells them, go show yourselves to the priests. He gives them a command, and they listen to his word. They all turn and go. And as they go, they find themselves cleansed. Now, Jesus directs them to the priests, Because leprosy, you may not know much about it, it was a highly regulated sickness due to its ability to spread in that culture. (coughs) These men would have to go through a highly ritualized and lengthy process. So when they would start the process of being cleansed, it would take almost a month before the final thing was done and you were declared clean. It took a very long time. It was very ritualized. You see, if you had leprosy, it would be... Hard for people to be around you or trust you. That's the thing. That's why this cleansing process takes place. It's not that they aren't already cleansed, it's that so everyone else around you can feel like, oh, okay, it's safe to be around this person. If you think about it, maybe it's a little bit like how we thought about people who had AIDS in the 90s, right? Remember when, we, when that first started out, we just thought being around someone with AIDS, uh, breathing the same air as them could, could get you sick. We know now, of course, that's not true. But at the beginning, that's how we thought. It was this kind of idea then. All ten do as Jesus says, says. They turn, and as they're turning, they find themselves clean. You know, another miracle that I think about this is the woman with the jar of flour. And what does is, what is, uh, Elijah tell her? Go in there and reach for flour, and it'll always be there. Right? She has to kind of reach out in faith every day to make cakes of flour, and it's always there. But if she never reaches into the jar because she's afraid what might not be there, it'll never be there. Do you see how that works? The same thing happens here. Jesus says, go. And as they go, as they're turning, they're healed. Now, this would be a really simple realization. Leprosy would often leave white skin or could leave open sores. So the fact that these men had leprosy would have been very obvious, and as they turned and were cleansed, that would have been very obvious as well. So the nine men running off and not turning is not because they didn't realize it. That's not an answer. So it was a very involved process to be cleansed by the high priests. It involved uh, several animal sacrifices of, of, of uh, lambs and also birds it required the shaving of all your hair off your body twice. Um, and, and these processes though were all after the fact. They were all done after the fact of the healing. So they judged the situation that had already happened. They, did a, they, they determined if a person was well but these processes that the priest went through did not make a person well. That happened apart from this process being declared cleansed. So, why are these men so quick to take off, to take the healing from Jesus and run off to be declared cleansed when Jesus was the one who cleansed them? Well, you know, perhaps it is a profound lack of thankfulness to God for the miracle that happened in their life. And perhaps it has to do with their attitudes about who Christ is. They're far more concerned with getting back to their place in their society, getting back to their old lives, than they are figuring out who this Jesus was that they encountered on the plane. Meanwhile, a Samaritan becomes the subject of our story yet again, just like last week. <clears throat> we know how they were looked down upon. There's no need to rehash all of that. But it is the joy that the Samaritan cleansed from his leprosy. He turns back to praise God. This, this is our duty, to give thanks and praise to God for all that he has done for us. The nine probably returned to Jerusalem and they were probably declared clean and they probably went on with their lives. They had been afflicted with an outward disease that matched their inward uncleanliness. In their sheer fortune, they came in contact with the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and yet they went away empty or in this case, the nine go away still burdened by their sin. The Samaritan returns to praise God and he receives something more. Jesus says, rise and go your way. Now, this is not a great translation in our bulletin, but I left because it because it just goes to show how we translate things sometimes. It really should be, rise, go your way, your faith has saved you. The word here is sozo, and it literally means to save. Now, of course, in a situation where healing has happened, you can see why someone would say, your faith has made you well, right? But I don't think it means that. I think it means something altogether different. Thankfulness, in this moment, was recognizing that Jesus, somehow by the power of God, had done this great thing. And the proper thing to do is to praise God. You see, ten were cleansed, but only one was saved. The Samaritan is saying by his actions that Jesus is God. It's almost as good as Peter's confession. You are the Christ. This is the faith that Jesus points to. For By grace, you have been saved. Through faith. I might make a case then for the idea of thankfulness. From our reading today, thankfulness seems to be tied to faith. So it is a worthwhile endeavor. It is rooted in what God has done for us, but when these great things happen in our lives, we ought to give credit where credit is due. We can be like our old selves lost, ignorant of the many things our Father does for us, or we can turn to see the many blessings that he gives. How is thankfulness helpful to our faith lives? How is it helpful to your life even now? Well, number one, I think thankfulness keeps us humble. When we meditate on all the things that God has given us, it makes us repent of our idolatry. We like to think of ourselves as masters of our own destiny, but in truth... The talents you possess, the body you have, your knowledge, intellect, and skill were divine gifts from God above. Your food and clothes, your house and your car, the shoes on your feet, and your five senses are all gifts from God above. We live in a free country where we do not fear worshiping God. We can make money and then, in turn, give that money to whomever we wish. And there are so many more things, it's almost impossible to count them. We make up a pile and we add every addition to that pile and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and we feel smaller and smaller still. How could I get along without God? What would I have without God? Why am I so unthankful for the countless blessings he has bestowed on me? Thankfulness always leads to repentance and repentance leads to forgiveness Jesus Christ so it's just one more thing to be thankful for thankfulness because it leads to repentance and repentance to forgiveness and forgiveness to life thankfulness also helps us to be satisfied in a world that is filled with unsatisfaction that's a word We live in a world where we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. We create false impressions of ourselves on social media and in the world so that people would think our lives are perfect and put together. Meanwhile, we scroll past all the other lives online thinking, why can't I have that? Why can't my life be like theirs? Why can't I have their church or their family? If we give credit where credit is due, we know one fact. These are the things that God has given me. Why would he entrust me with more when I don't love the things that he has already given me? Thankfulness for what God has given can help us to be satisfied. Those are not the things that God has stored up for me. But rather the ones that he's given to me are the things that He stored up for me. My God in heaven, who knows better than me, has given me me my wife, my family, my home, my possessions. These were his decisions. And I should not question them, but I should love them. I didn't want Christ, but Romans 5 tells us, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What Paul means is, I didn't want this Christ, But God sent him anyway, and oh, what he now means to me. Much like every blessing that God has sent me, my possessions, talents, and my treasures, I did not choose them, but God gave them. I am thankful to be who I am, and I don't wish to be anyone else. The best part of thankfulness is that it helps us to see the Father's great love for us. Truly, he loves us with an everlasting love. He saw that we were burdened by sin, and he sent his son to pay our debts. He saw that we were needy, hungry beggars, and he sent us rains and food, plants and animals, metals in our mountains, fertile plains in our backyards. He placed us in a land flowing of milk and honey, like so many of his children before. He sees that all of our needs are met. He answers many of our desires, not all but many. He sends the Holy Spirit to give us faith and he gives us forgiveness and salvation on the basis of that faith that he gave us. Faith in his son who suffered in our place. And all he asks for this is a tithe. 10% of everything you have been given. All he asks for this is praise. That we acknowledge the Lord Almighty who is our father with love and joy. What love is this? Who loves you like this in your life? You might ask, how might we remain thankful? Well, I think I've got a couple ideas. It's good to start all our prayers with a word of thanks. You've probably noticed being with me for a couple years now, that's what I always do. Something small or something big. Something that we get almost daily or something that comes once in a lifetime. Going to our Father in prayer is a gift. We need to speak to our God, and he listens. But sometimes our prayers can become many, many requests and very little thanks. A good balance is necessary for prayers that are uplifting. One of my also favorite things to do to encourage thankfulness is to do inventories. Every once in a while, take a bit of time and a piece of paper and begin making a list and let your mind wander and think of little things. Large general things don't always make the best items. Wander through your history and your present, through your own needs, the needs of your family, the needs of your friends, the needs of the world. Write down the many ways that God answers prayers. When your arm is tired, you can stop and notice the overwhelming list of things And this, my friends, is limited by what you can think of and what you can write. What about the mind of God? What can he think of and provide and do for you? Boy, that list is never-ending. Finally, a third thought. Fasting can be helpful as well. I don't necessarily mean fasting from food. That might be what you choose. Perhaps fasting from something you don't think is good in your life or fasting from something you think is good in your life may help you that much more to appreciate what God is doing in your life and the many blessings he bestows upon you. In closing, I read Leviticus 13 and 14, which are directions in the Old Testament how to cleanse someone from leprosy. They're very lengthy chapters, very detailed. You have no idea. Like, chapter 13 is just how to identify leprosy. And it's 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 literally gruesome. Like I was reading I was like, this is just gross. It's just, we you want a medical text that's gross in the Bible, Leviticus 13, you're 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 joint. Anyway, as I was reading through all this, this cleansing uh, procedure of starting with leprosy, an interesting tidbit came up in the in the cleansing process, and I think it'd be a great way for us to close. During the process of cleansing, at the very beginning of the process of cleansing, the person who is being cleansed would bring two birds, probably pigeons or possibly doves, right? They'd be brought to the temple. One would be sacrificed, and the other would have water and blood from the sacrifice poured upon it because it was seen as a representation of the person. And then the priest would take that bird and let it go and would fly into the heavens above. Truly in our story, ten men were cleansed, but only one inherited eternal life. He was healed, given faith, and his faith saved him. In Christ, we have been cleansed and set free like a bird to soar in hopefulness and joy. Let us give thanks and praise to our God who has done this great thing in Jesus. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, we are very thankful that Noah has been added to the heirs of Christ and the body of this congregation and a son of our congregation. I'm just tickled pink about it. Congratulations to all of you. The Lord's blessings. We also give thanks for the flowers that were given in honor of Dwayne and Helen Hartman's uh, 63rd wedding anniversary. So uh, Dwayne and Helen have been married 20 years longer than I've been alive. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I think. Good for them. May The Lord's blessings be upon you as we continue His kingdom work in His kingdom field. Uh, I love you all very much, and I'm thankful for you. There's not a thing you can do about it. The Lord's blessings.